In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. In this meditation, we want to continue considering some themes that Saint Josemaria brings up in his homily towards holiness, which as I said last time, he considered his most important homily. And so he writes, In order to bring peace, genuine peace, to souls, in order to transform the earth and to seek God our Lord in the world and through the things of the world, personal sanctity is indispensable. And he goes on to say that in order to have sanctity, we must come to know God through prayer. We must seek him and show him through a heart-to-heart conversation that we love him. Genuine peace. If we want genuine peace, we have to pray. And in the process, we will become holy. This theme of genuine peace is something that our Lord bequeathed to the apostles. And St. Josemaria here talks about genuine peace. Our Lord talks about the difference between the peace that he leaves the apostles with, and us as well, as opposed to the peace that the world gives. We know that the world gives us a peace that is kind of a cheap substitute for the real kind of peace that our Lord is talking about. And that's why St. Josemaria says as well, we cannot confuse peace with idleness, nor joy with frivolity. Peace does not mean just simply calmness or idleness or doing nothing or not being stressed out. Sometimes when we are stressed out, we wish we had, quote, quote unquote, peace of not being bothered by phone and emails and texts and people wanting to talk to us and, and that we consider peace to a certain extent. And yes, that's good. But the peace that our Lord is talking about when he says, peace I leave you. Peace, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you, is something very different. The world talks about peace being a state of nonviolence. As long as nobody's killing each other, then we're okay. And that, you know, well, to a first approximation, yes, the absence of violence is good. And we need it in order to do other things. But but that's not the peace our Lord is talking about. The peace he's talking about is becoming one heart and one soul with him. He wants to be with us. He wants to be our friend. He wants to be reconciled with us or we with him. And he wants to drive away any kind of fear, especially 
we see that in right after the resurrection when the apostles are hidden away, shut out from the world because they think that they are going to be killed too, be crucified as well. And yet our Lord comes through those locked doors and he, what does he say? He says, peace be with you. It's, it's such a simple thing. It's not a wish. It's that he is giving his peace to them. It's a gift from God. And they lose all their fear. It's it's very interesting to see the apostles, to compare the, the behavior of the apostles before our Lord resurrected and afterwards. And especially, I would say, even after Pentecost, after the Holy Spirit comes down upon them, then there is absolutely no fear. And Peter is a completely different person than the one who ran away and who denied our Lord. He is the one that boldly proclaims the good news right after Pentecost occurs. And he is able to, the apostles are even even able to be happy to have suffered some insult for the name or some suffering, you know, being scourged and and put in prison. And they're happy and they're peaceful because they have done it with the with all the power of God. They have given witness, and that brings them lots of joy. In the letter to the Hebrews, we read, Strive for peace with all men, and for that, holiness without which no man will see God. So we have to strive for peace with all men, and for the holiness without which no man will be able to recognize God. That, which means that somehow... Holiness and peace are related. And when people see a holy person or a peaceful person, they recognize God. They know that they have something that that is not of this world. They know that there is something in, we could say, there's a luminosity in the person that is peaceful, that, is, that everybody wants, everybody desires. And it's an intangible. Somehow, sometimes you can't put a, your finger on it. You say, well, I, I don't know. Every time I come in the presence of this person, I'm always filled with joy and peace, you know, because there's something special about them. But no one knows what, what it is. But it, it probably has a lot to do with their relationship with God, with the order that they live, their, that they lead their life with, with the relations that they have with other people. And so many other things. But let us focus on, on precisely these, these uh, three aspects of our lives. Peace with God, peace with ourselves, and peace with others. Let's take a look at peace with God. How do we reach peace with God? I think here, one of the, the keys in dealing with God that we see in the gospel we, we see it with Jesus. He forgives everybody. He forgives the greatest of sinners, no matter how bad they may, might be. As long as they tell the truth, as long as they recognize the truth about themselves and about what they have done. And that's 
a condition in order to have peace with God, truth. We cannot approach God without truth in our heart. And that's why our Lord was so sad, I guess, with with the with having looked at the Pharisees. He calls them sarcophagi, you know. A sarcophagus is, is kind of a, a coffin with a dead body in it. But the coffin is decorated beautifully with gold leaf and all these designs on them. And so that's what he said about the Pharisees. They look beautiful on the outside, but then rotten flesh, a corpse, a rotting body on the inside, in their soul. And why? Because they're hypocrites. They don't, they don't want to look for truth. And, and there, there can't be any peace with, with these Pharisees, even though, you know, they're pretty good people. They, they do many good things, but somehow they're self-righteous. They, they sin, but they're not repentant of those sins because they cannot even recognize that they are sinful at all. They want to be perfect. And they don't realize that only God is perfect and that if they are to be perfect, that they have to... More than, any, more than doing anything, what they have to do is actually let God do in their lives. And that requires truth. Truth. Sometimes right now, you know, a lot of people suffer from what we can call the entitlement mentality. You know, I am entitled to this. These are my rights. You know, I and, and people who who give into this entitlement mentality they're somehow always victims you know they're always complaining that everybody else is treating them badly every you know they deserve a lot more than what they get you know they they deserve a bigger salary they deserve um you know more recognition they deserve this they deserve but and and they, they spend all day talking about how much they deserve and how much they how little they get you know and, you know, this is a danger, I think, right now. I don't know why we live in an era that so many people give into this mentality. But uh, if I may suggest, in order to approach God, the first thing we have to do is recognize the truth that we are not entitled to anything, actually. And that's, that's a basic truth, that we have been given everything. Everything's a gift. Everything that I have, my talents, my virtues, everything, everything is from God. Everything that I have that is good is from God. And therefore, in order to have peace with God, I have to recognize that first. First, I need to thank Him for these gifts. And then I need to actually be repentant for those times that I have misused those gifts in order to exalt myself. And, and, and that requires examination of conscience. I would say an intimate dialogue with God. It requires, as St. Maria said, prayer, getting to know our Lord, a dialogue. You know, in order to have peace, you need dialogue. You know, even, even just worldly peace. You know, you, you two countries that are going... You know, they're getting ready for war to go at each other. Well, if they want peace, they need to go to the negotiating table. They need to actually dialogue and talk, you know. Not that we're going to treat God as, you know, a warring party or anything like that. But but we do need dialogue 
And that's, with respect to God, that's called prayer. And a prayer that is full of trust, that is full of truth. And then when we see that, we'll see that we have to be thankful for everything, and we have to be repentant for the things that we have done poorly that go against all the gifts that he has given us. That's how we will reach peace with God. But what about peace with self? What about peace with myself? We can think that um, many people may not be at peace with themselves. And, and there's many causes here. There's many ways that one can be at peace with, with oneself or, or, or not be at peace with oneself. But one of the things that occurs to me is that we live in a world that is a perfectionist world. Everybody wants to be perfect. Nobody wants to show defects. And maybe this comes from an over-technologized world, you know, the world of technology, um, the world of social media puts pressure on people. The image that that we have of ourselves has to be the perfect image that we may put on our Facebook page or something like that, or, you know, our Instagram account. And there's so many, there's so many people that look perfect from all these social media sites that, that are around us. And basically we can end up believing that, you know, everybody's better than we are and we just count for nothing. And we're never going to aspire to be the you know, the movie stars that we admire or, or the perfect people out there uh, whose body image is perfect, whose, you know, seem to be happy because they have beautiful smiles and things like that. And again, if they're really happy, the more, the more power to them. I have nothing against that. But the fact is, again, how do we have peace with ourselves? Well, we need to accept the reality of who we are, the truth, the truth about ourselves acceptance of self i need to accept who i am the way god made me i shouldn't desire to be somebody else i shouldn't you know compare myself to other people otherwise i'm always you know lusting after um something else that i that is not in the present moment for me that maybe i'm I'm, you know, lamenting the fact that the past is gone and I give into the good old day syndrome, you know, oh, the good old days were better. Oh, I wish, how I wish, you know, that those days were back. Or we live in the future, you know, thinking that the future is going to bring this and is going to bring that, but it never comes. And and we, we actually miss the point of grace, which is right here in the present moment. God is here in the present moment. He wants to to actually offer us his peace here and now. But we're not we're not able to receive it if we don't accept ourselves the way we are. With our defects. Because, you know, what God is telling us, all throughout the gospel, look at the prodigal son, the story of the prodigal son. <laughs> when he recognizes that he has made a mistake, he goes back to his father, and his father accepts him for who he is. He takes them... He takes the son as he is, you know, wounded with all his sores and and 
you know, with his poverty, because he has wasted his inheritance, with his repentance, everything, he accepts them. He doesn't he doesn't want him to be perfect, you know, already. He he has patience with that son of his. Well, until we, like the prodigal son, accept who we are, you know, accept that we have sinned and accept that we, we, we are acceptable that way to our Father God and that we can grow out of our sin with his help, then... We will not have peace with ourselves, you know. And until we do that, we can't have peace. But when we do, we 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 are filled with joy. We're filled with peace, you know. Another cause of of peace with ourselves is we have to learn how to not be so dramatic, you know. Maybe people like drama. Maybe you like a good novel, good drama, or a good movie, you know, where there's drama where there's a lot of um, movement and a lot of um, emotion and and so on and so forth. But when we come to reality, what we have to realize is, yes, I may have gotten fired from my job. I may have been yelled at here. you know. So it's all the negative things that happened to me during the day. I may have gotten into an accident. I may have you know, discovered an illness a condition, a chronic condition, which could be very difficult to accept. I have, you know, just the reality of, of, of my failures, right? I need to relativize those things. They're not as bad as I think they are. And even if they're that bad, I have to remember what St. Paul says to the Romans. All things work unto the good for those who love God. You know, St. Josemaria says... In the way, you are upset. This is point 702. Look, happen what may in your interior life or in the world around you. Never forget that the importance of events or of people is very, and here's the key word, relative. Relative. Take things calmly. Let time pass. And then, as you view persons and events dispassionately and from afar, you'll acquire the perspective that will enable you to see each thing in its proper place and in its true proportion. I think that's exactly what brings peace, is this ability to actually see with the eyes of God from above. And everything that may happen to me in this world is relative. And I would even say, I'm not just talking about failures here, but failures are important because, you know, failures can make my life very complicated and dramatic. But even my failures can find a solution. You know, I can find the solution even with and through my failures. But I'm not just talking about failures. I'm talking about also successes. And you might say, well, successes. Well, why, why are we talking about successes? Yes, we have to relativize failures and also successes because we may think that when we have a great success, we have... We're 25 or 30, we get this big bonus, we are geniuses, we are like the best humanity has ever seen. We may take that a little too seriously. You know what? Relativize that. We're just human, you know? We're one more, we're normal people. And maybe you're a genius, 
whatever. But you know what? If you're a genius, you're a genius only in one thing alone. You're, you need help in other things, and many other things, and many geniuses, you know. Forget to tie their shoes and to comb their hair, and they need help in, you know, the most basic of things. Well, you know, um, learn to not, not be totally superlative in your opinion of yourself. Same as Amir said, you know, it would be great business to actually buy people for what they are actually worth and sell them for what they think they're worth. Of course, you know, you you make money by buying lo- low and selling high and everybody thinks of themselves as higher than they than they really are, you know, in reality. So, um, this requires humility to be able to relativize our failures and our successes to recover from our failures and recover from our successes we need a good dose of humility which brings peace i accept myself the way i am you know no problem and we move on and we accept others actually even better right and ultimately what this brings is order in my passions order in what i lust for you know in what I'm, I'm in my desires when i have disordered desires then i don't have peace because i i crave those things that i don't possess but if i have my passions in order if i don't get overly upset or overly elated at the happenings of this world then i am a person who has equanimity which means like level-headedness of soul you know peace in other words peace of soul and i i know who i am i have i don't have an identity crisis i i accept myself for who i am and i don't desire to be anybody else because i know that i am loved as a child of god peace with self how important it is for all of us to discover this in our prayer order order in my passions order in my desires order in in my loves what i love what i crave for what 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 i'm passionate about i need i need to relativize everything according to the absolute and god is the only absolute and that's the only thing that matters and all this brings us you know peace with god and peace with self actually brings us to peace with others and this is what we have to also strive for, which is a, a very important piece of the puzzle. You know, we, we were talking about earlier in this meditation how the absence of violence is, in a certain sense, yes, we could say political peace, or and, and it's very much needed because when you have war, well, it's, it's ugly. It's very ugly. You know, if you if you've ever been in in a situation of civil unrest, there is there is just you cannot flourish as a society, as a person, as a family. There's no nothing works in society, right? And then people revolt, and we see that in the world right now in in Hong Kong, in France, all sorts of places in Venezuela, and we pray for all those places where there is war, you know, in the Middle East and some african countries and 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 places like that but we we want to strive for yes order 
tranquility of of order, as Saint Augustine says, for nonviolence, for the rule of law. Ultimately, the key word here is justice, right? Giving each person his or her due. And one of the things that that Pope Benedict actually talks about in Caritas in Veritat is that you really can't have justice without charity. Now, you might think, well, yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a contradiction because justice is like what is what is you know what you have to do and then charity is like beyond that and then how could you say you can't have justice without charity well he i think what he means is that in a society in which no one gives an extra to a to a neighbor where there is no uh, gratuity as he calls it the principle of gratuitous gratuitousness is lived right where basically you just you know, you want to give, and 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 you give freely for no reason at all. Kind of just you give gratuitously to someone, out of from the bottom of your heart, where there where that is not lived in society, and and in a society where you just strive to give everyone what they strictly are due, then then you don't even give them that, you know. So so that's the problem. It's it's um, if you want a just society, you have to basically encourage also people to help one another without that with without being you know um uh without being forced to give of themselves but simply create the conditions in which you know in the culture there's a culture of just free giving of self you know so i i see someone in need and i give them i don't need the law to tell me that i don't need anybody to tell me i just my instinct is to give them and to help them to to take care of them or, or or whatever you know that that is what we want to strive for that ultimately is a a society that it's, it's a temporal society it's here on earth right it's not heaven yet but it's one that i think our lord would be happy with it is what we could say kind of a christian society in which or it's a society that is compatible with Christianity, and hopefully many Christians who live in that society will actually, you know, not be selfish and will actually be very charitable and give of themselves in a magnanimous and generous way without being prodded, so to speak, by the government or by by somebody else, by a law or threatened, you know, or 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 anything like that, or simply do it out of fear of you know getting punished or no. We have to establish here on earth to work for a society in which gift exchanges are made. Gift giving is normal, is the norm. And uh, not the norm as in law, but the norm as in it's just the way that that people live, you know, and serve one another. And I, and I would say that we should strive to live or to work for and in, in, to 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 carry out and to establish a society in which there is forgiveness you know there's forgiveness um, of of the the wrongs you know that people do to us and that we can actually believe that if the the person who perpetrated right the perpetrator if that person is sorry 
if that person is is able to actually you know come back that society would give them a chance to actually be reinstated you know and and we could see that when in with so many programs of um of um in in the city in the uh, in the state in the country where it's called restorative justice right where the the criminal actually does community service and can come back to society's giving like a second chance and that's a good thing you know of course not everybody can do that but um uh, but where where it is possible it probably should be done and and that establishes a lot of peace with with other people and in in um in society look at the gospel look at Zacchaeus when he converts because our lord looks up at him in the sycamore tree and he comes down he invites our lord to a party at his house and people criticize him you know and why because he was a kind of criminal you know he was a, he kind of stole money from people and things and he says publicly listen if i have cheated anyone i will give fourfold you know i will give back fourfold it's amazing fourfold so zacchaeus goes beyond justice and he he wants to kind of not just establish the equality that was broken by his you know transgression but he wants to give back he wants to give more freely to create you know and, and and give room for people to actually open up and reciprocate as well and and be truly uh you know christian citizens in the world well as we end our prayer today in the presence of our lord in our soul in grace we want to make a promise to our lord you know we want to tell him lord help me to live by the truth so that i can have peace with you help me to examine my conscience help me if i needed to go to confession so that i can have my sins forgiven and i can have true peace the gift of your peace help me to have peace with myself so that i accept who i am you know according to my greatest identity which is or the greatest aspect of my identity which is the fact that i am a child of god and that everything i have received is a gift and that i could put order in my passions and lastly that i may have peace with others so that i will give everyone his or her due but also be able to go the extra mile and show them a new kind of logic the logic of giving and forgiving and that way hopefully there will be a lot less violence in the world we will be one heart and one soul with everyone especially with our lord we turn to mary who precisely was you know she brought peace when there was turmoil in the church in the early church when everybody was blaming each other she she was like like a light that and and like uh, like a like a beacon of of um truth and open door 
so that everyone can come back and that's what the apostles that's why the apostles gathered around her um, before our lord resurrected and afterwards as well let us turn to her and ask her for this gift of peace i thank you my god for the good resolutions affections and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation i ask your help to put them into effect my immaculate mother saint joseph my father and lord my guardian angel, intercede for me.